0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with another installment of the Design Leadership series. And this week, I'm going to share with you this group was recorded live from the Design Hardware showroom on Third Street in Los Angeles. This was an amazing group. And with twelve creatives, I think this was the biggest event we were we have recorded to date. Um, it was amazing. It was fun. It was super energetic, and I love what came out of this, and I think you're going to like it too. So uh, keep listening and enjoy this. I started doing these events in 2017. I realized after a design festival that the panel conversations, while really interesting, didn't really contain the same power and interest as the conversations that immediately followed when the mics were off and the audience had left the the groups of creatives getting down to the brass tacks sharing what they really think without the audience these gatherings are more happening than anything else it, it places the creatives in a safe space with colleagues free to discuss what is really happening, get a little commiserating in and, and then getting to the challenges of addressing these issues. These events are powerful, and I'm really proud to share them with you. This conversation has also aired on Doctoring of Design, the design hardware podcast. Um, so if, if you have not heard that before, check the show notes to links to that show as well. You're about to listen in on a real work group discussing the issues designers, architects, and builders are facing today. The following conversation is between 12 creatives, and at times it gets a little complicated, but just like every other good conversation in the real world, and this one was fun. This conversation was not intended for you to blow through while multitasking. There's a great deal of material here, And it's intended to be listened to over time and re-listened as well. It's, It's worthy of saving and adding to your resource library. And we'll get to that right after this. I am incredibly proud of Convo by Design in year 10. And I'm equally proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They've been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now. And there is a certain amount of pride that comes with saying that the show is presented by the company that is The best in the world at what they do. Thermosol engineers the most exceptional smart shower products and steam shower systems worldwide for a few reasons. They were the first company to design, patent the technology here in the U.S. dating back to 1958. Thermosol, a U.S. brand, a U.S. manufacturer in Round Rock, Texas, employs an engineering team that designs, tests, and continuously refines the product. Their quality control team tests every single steam generator before it departs the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me, and you probably know this, that the idea of luxury has changed and continues to change, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory, or it's just not considered a a, a luxury space. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option— It's Thermosol. And now, Thermosol, the industry leader in steam, bath equipment and technology since 1958, is enhancing their already stellar family of products with new indoor and outdoor luxury saunas. Available in three design configurations, each sauna is handcrafted from clear Western red cedar or Nordic spruce, inspired by the brilliance of Northern European sauna technology and design. A luxury bathroom isn't luxury without steam. If you want luxury, you have one option, it's Thermosol. Check them out at thermosol.com and at thermosol on the socials.
1: My name is Andres. I'm an interior designer. I run a small business called Cali Renderings. We do high-end luxury custom homes all over the states. And I've been blessed enough to work with amazing clients and, of course, amazing colleagues. I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. There's, there's, it's literally impossible. So I'm able to build relationships and collaborate with different showrooms, different colleagues that will make my projects look absolutely beautiful and functional. Based in LA, but of course we do custom home renovations all over the states. The happiness or the fulfillment, it's experienced on a daily basis. I am lucky enough to be in this beautiful field, challenging, but amazing. And it's been absolutely great, Um, beautiful journey since I started back in Miami doing small home renovations. Um, I had the great opportunity to work designing a private resort in Bahamas, and that's how I was able to transition from architecture to interior design, combining materials. I do a lot of modern designs, but um, I, I stay away from the cold, Simple, plain, modern style. I combine materials like woods, colorful accent features that will make the experience unbelievable, pleasant for a family um, who's obviously, who we're, you know designing too. I'm
2: Christine Jahan of Christine Jahan Designs. I did Pasadena Showcase House in 2020 and 2022. I won a Red Lux Award. I have been going crazy because life with three kids and a business is quite the adventure but I love it and I'm so grateful to have clients that have the same ethics as I do so that we can get their homes to be this space where they love spending time with each other and love bringing friends and family over which is you know that's what you want as a designer to have people want to spend time in your spaces and that's what you want as a homeowner too so christine john designs were based in glendora in california we do anything from consulting to full-scale projects from design all the way through construction and project management we are able to do it all.
3: Hi, my name is Cricket Kenzer. I'm a lead designer at Kitchen Places in Ventura. We are a design build firm uh, specializing in kitchen and bath, but we do whole house remodeling. I've just celebrated 19 years in the industry. Uh, I come from a family that my father was a nuclear physicist and my mother was a fashion designer for May Company. So I feel like this career is a perfect blend of math and science and creativity, and I absolutely thrive on it. I think it's the balance of left brain and right brain. If I spend too much time on the left side, the right side becomes hungry, and I need that creative outlet. And where I am, I used to, I spent a long time as a design tech, like drafting, cabinet ordering, specking, and it was not feeding that creative side, which is why I moved over to sales and into the showroom. And I see that I still get to express the mathematical side and the scientific side um, with balance and just every day. I mean, we're surrounded by fractions and decimals. And uh, I also have the opportunity to be super creative.
4: Hi, I'm Huma Suleiman, creative director of Huma Suleiman Design. We are based in Laguna Beach, California. We've done projects nationally. We, do, we take projects nationwide and... Um, really the ethos or the idea behind of designing a space for us it really comes from uh, being able to create something for our client that is unique and bespoke and um, that is really important to to me and our studio we are an interdisciplinary um, studio we have architects designer landscape architect artist I um, I love the team that I've created. We really focus on materiality and research. Every project we do, really, it comes from a space of research. So we really take pride in being fearlessly individualistic. Um, a lot of our projects, um, actually, all of our projects are extremely unique. Very personalized to our client the location the architecture and the people who are really gonna live in so um, none of our projects are like a cookie cutter we um, I know it probably would be easy just if we did the same thing we did the previous project however that's kind of against migraine I love working with new materials what's new out there, what kind of um, construction or material we can use for this project that we haven't used on the other one. That's really kind of how my project
5: starts. Hi, my name is James Hernandez of James Hernandez Interior Design, and I'm based in South Pasadena, California. I've been a residential interior designer for almost 20 years now, working from as far as North San Francisco, Hidden Hills, California, La Jolla, and recently just completed a project in South Carolina. So since the pandemic, construction, timelines, remodels have increased dramatically. And what I've been doing for the past three years have been involved in a lot of construction and bathroom and kitchen design. My primary business as an interior designer is remodel, construction, um, ADU, full full residential interior design services. Recently, I've been working on so many kitchens since the pandemic. And my thought process in designing a kitchen is how obviously the kitchen's gonna function. But I treat almost every project as if the home is mine.
6: I am Joan Barton from Dirty Girl Construction, the general contractor, uh, coordinator, PM, whipper of men and and women. and, and now the principal of She Spoke Studio. We started a design firm, sister firm, about, oh, just in time for the pandemic, which is <laughs> amazing. And we haven't officially launched, but we're we're running full-scale business. We're designing homes left and right in spaces. And it's really brought a whole new uh, vocabulary to what we're doing as builders. And I feel like now I'm a building scientist because I'm so concerned about the lifetime of a house in a different way sort of the way I look at a body how can I help things survive in today's world with climate change and with pandemics if you will and how we're all working from home and learning from home but now we're going back to work there's a lot of things going on that are interesting to me as a builder in in the material sense uh, I got down the rabbit hole with fishing nets one day and barnacle. I was like, barnacle? Barnacle lasts forever. Barnacle, you can't get that off. Let's make houses out of barnacle. So my head started spinning and mushrooms and fishing nets and clothing. And all of a sudden, I'm in the rabbit hole with waste streams and I'm in the rabbit hole with alternative materials. And I'm thinking, oh. Oh. How do we really become responsible for what we're doing? Because especially in Los Angeles where we build a home and then somebody tears it down like the next day and redoes it, who's responsible for those materials? So I've, I've had a lot of things going on in this, in this crazy mind of mine. I kind of got into alternative materials because I really want to not continue to be in the waste business. I really want to be in the building and sustainable business, both as a designer and as a builder as much as possible. So that's really where things are geared for me right now and and trying to create spaces that you can live in, that live with you, that are healthy, that are feeding your family in a different way and also part of the planet that we live on. Uh, The cool thing about a lot of these materials is they're all biodegradable, which means they're not going to last forever. So price points and what it means to live in a home are changing because we build these perfect homes and people move in and then they mess them up, well who cares? Throw your cabinet door away in your garden where it will grow food for you and make you another cabinet door. That's pretty cool stuff.
7: My name is Kara Peipmeyer, I'm the owner and principal designer at Studio Cosma and we are a residential and hospitality design studio based in Los, Dan- Los Angeles. And for me, I think the most, one of the most important things about the way we approach design um, is with a strong belief in the alchemy of collaboration, um, believing that you know, we're never necessarily designing for a client, we're designing with a client. And the key is that what we each bring to the table is what creates something unique and special um, and perfect for each person. So, when it comes to restaurants, we design around a strong concept narrative to create and tell a story, because the goal is to create a transportive experience, a transportive space that um, that tells a story and defines a concept.
8: I'm Leslie Delivaneri. I'm the vice president of architect and designer engagement for Aquabella. We are a new to the U.S. European plumbing manufacturer. We have beautiful baths and shower trays. Um, totems which are our freestanding sinks we make some really fun product it's in this in this space and time it's really interesting being a new manufacturer there's so much going on and so many like changes to the world but it's also really exciting and I love that. Hi
9: my name is Marve Brissino I'm the owner of Marve Designs I um, practice interior design in los angeles and many uh, places and all over the, the country i graduated architect and interiors in miami and the masters in uh, europe and i practice commercial and residential i always excited about my business i love what i do and it, it excites me to do a great space for my clients a great kitchen for them to enjoy it or you know to um entertain and bring some ideas and ask them how they wanted to use it and circulate in it. Yeah. And overall, bathrooms and the whole space, I like to um, curate the spaces so my clients feel in an ease and also they feel very... Um, I want to design things that my clients feel like in on vacations in on, on their own home.
10: Hi, my name is Mark Hermogino. I'm the principal and owner of Hermogeno Designs. Um, which is a kitchen, bath, and interior design company. Um, We're located in Los Angeles, but actually in Iraq. And I've been been a designer for 18 years. Um, And really, what I really like to focus on on all of my projects is, like, the first thing that I concentrate on is functionality. Um, Since I do work on kitchens and bathrooms a lot, it's all about function and making sure that the the space works right. Um, And then, from there, um, taking into account how a client uses the space um, and also their personality, so it's fusing, you know, what my style is, which I call kind of called like my Cali style, um, and then merging their th- um, um, styles and their the way of life that they they're going to use the space. So it's all about function, and then we go into the beautiful things, um, and then um, creating a space where a client can spend an hour or two minutes to go to the bathroom, or they're gonna be in the kitchen for, you know, a long period of time, or um, if they cater a lot, making sure that if they have um, caterers that come in, making sure that the, the space is functional, not just for the homeowner or for the person that lives there, but for other people that come into the home. Hi,
11: my name is Nicole. I'm from Nicole Michael Designs. We have a studio in Pasadena and Newport Beach, and we specialize in new construction and large renovations. We have a background in construction. I used to work for a developer, so I understand construction very well and we really like to get into the project when the plans are actually being drawn we find that a lot of clients don't really take their everyday life into consideration when they're designing a home and it's very painful when we get a set of plans from a client and then they realize that oh my god My master closet is too small. Oh my god, my master bedroom is huge. How am I going to fill this with furniture?
12: Hi, I'm Ridhima Brar. I am the owner of Arterior Studio. We are a small boutique uh, interior design firm based here in Los Angeles, uh, primarily focusing on residential, trying to work my way into small commercial as well. Um, I started my firm March 2020 not knowing the world was going to change April 2020. (laughs) And so uh, it's been, it's been, you know, an interesting um, ride from since then till now. Um, A little bit about me. I am, um, this is my second career. Um, I am born and raised in Kuwait in the Middle East, and I'm Indian by origin. So a lot of my design aesthetic, my style, uh, the way I approach things come from my background. I, I sort of always it also roots me back in, in many ways when I'm looking at new concepts, new designs, working with clients on how I want to make it my own while still making sure that their point of view is coming across.
0: You're listening to a design leadership series gathering from the Design Hardware Showroom in Los Angeles. You've heard from the participants. And in a minute, when we come back, you're going to hear the full conversation. Enjoy listening in. We are living in a time of incredible growth both technologically and creatively, with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community. So you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design, designers, Their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, MoyaLiving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. The Institute of Classical Architecture and Art Southern California chapter is a forum for professionals in the industry and enthusiasts to come together share their love, and show their commitment to the timeless principles of beauty, proportion, and observation that are embodied in classicism. Their members include renowned architects, designers, landscape architects, builders, students, artists, and creatives from every walk of life. It's a wonderful organization designed to celebrate the unique regional identity of Southern California and help develop the careers of the like-minded. If you're interested in joining or would like to learn more about sponsorship and support for the ICAA Southern California chapter, please email me convo by design at outlook.com. So that is our illustrious group. You've, you've met the, uh, the participants. Let's get to the conversation. Kicking it off is Michelle Solomons with Design Hardware.
13: Question Are you getting information, good information, from your vendors? Are they helping you? Are they your partners now? Uh, One thing we try to do here is have all that information for you. When my vendors overseas in Italy or or here locally are delayed because of a COVID outbreak or something happens that I've got that information and I'm giving it to my clients, Uh, I'm kind of participating from day one right through delivery. Um, Are you getting what you need from vendors? I waited for Leslie to come back. (laughs) Just just (laughs) chime in a little bit on that subject because we're trying very hard to partner with, especially what Nicole just said. Mm -hmm. I get contractors coming in or or end users coming in saying they need a floor at $6, including, (laughs) and that includes... install you what where, you know, what, where, you know what, what decade was that from? <laughs> But it's the same thing, so we have to be prepared for that, and we have to make sure that you're prepared with solutions. So maybe I can't give you a $6 floor, but here's what we can do in the next price range, or here's why, or uh, be ready for you to help you and assist you in, in making your projects work. Yeah. I think we are many things. We are
9: creative. We are psychologists. Mm-hmm. We are <laughs> um, therapists. <accountants>. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we, all, we always, we also trying to solve, you know, to arrange all the problems and be there for them. And what you're saying is, it's a very good point because, you know, the expectations are so high so many times and. Uh, no, it doesn't go that much, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't go that way. So we're here to educate them and also understand them and um, support them in a way. But
13: mm-hmm. yeah. think- you can't always do it yourself, so you need
9: external. that vendors, are there, yeah.
13: right. And it definitely to make sure that they give you <laughs> <that> the support <laughs> you need on the project, right down to talking to that end user and, and working with you. So it's. I think it's really important um, not to just go to the go-to, yeah. but find partners that help you grow your business. Yeah, You're I mean, great. I've
3: experienced that with. I mean, she's she's a wonderful rep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that your your ability to spec products really relies on your relationship with your rep. Absolutely. You know, I have. Uh, a favorite rep, you know, here and there that I push that product or I utilize that product and spec it because they are there for me. And that is so important. Then I have some that are like, where do you still work this company? I don't Mm -hmm. know who you are. Well, then I don't. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Right. So, um, because there's so many options out there and there's such a demand for our time, we have to divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. And so I have to rely on my reps or my vendors that, that we're partnering to bring this vision on time, on budget, on design. It's not only that. We have to
11: know enough about everything Mm -hmm. to keep us out of trouble, but we don't know the nitty-gritty about, let's say, wood in particular. I don't know every single thing. thing about wood, so that's where we need you to educate us that that's probably not the best product for this particular installation. You probably, high traffic area. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna wanna put a walnut floor in there because it's soft. Go to an oak floor, go to a maple floor. You know.
9: What Nicole is saying is very much what I wanted to say. We know abroad about many things, but we are not experts. So I think we also have to be humble enough to say, I don't know, let me have your my rep from so-and-so and have you educate you more in that subject or whatever, not like we know everything about it. I think we are nothing without our vendors, in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Everything goes, but our vendor stays. Wow. And, and for me, uh, it's my team, my vendors, and my clients, and that's that's what
4: um, it's Absolutely. most I think okay. uh, without our vendors um, or our craftsmen and people who are doing, uh, visualizing our, our design, um, if we don't have the right people and we don't have their support, um, none of this vision can come to life. We can design beautiful things, however, okay. if they are not you know, implementing it the right way or mm-hmm. not on time, right? A um, lot of things go back. So I think it's a very important relationship and vendors who understand that and understand the importance of that, it's like a two-way street. So um, I think that that's when you get the best. And I i recently had a, pro- I did a show house in Dallas, the Kids Bay, and um, there was that situation happened in the show house where the show house was shut down for six weeks and um, but the show has date was still the same and honestly to this day i feel if my stone fabricator did not do what he did like my beautiful design my idea all that wouldn't have been would have been and probably i wouldn't have been able to show my space because the show was still going on on the same date and i honestly extremely grateful to them and for me like any other project I'm always would love to have them because they understood what it was for them for if they don't do this job on time and they honestly did the impossible they had their machine run overnight somebody had to go turn their machine off in the middle of the night their CNC machine they didn't tell me any of that they just said okay we'll get it done I mean, it, it was it, done. it was like an yeah. I mean to me and I was introduced them by One of our kids pay, you know, like a directory list. So it's not that I had a relationship with them. So for them to do that, um, and without them, I couldn't have done it. So, and that's why they stand out to me for anyone else. And it's like a, it's it's the same, right? It's like a give and take Mm -hmm. uh, relationship, and it's very private. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. They're my friends. They're my my people. Like
9: it's my team. Is it's also them. Mm-hmm. It's not only my girls right, my, only. who are on my yeah. studio, It's all, my whole vendors are yeah. my team.
13: The yeah. network that makes your project happen.
8: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just got finished with, well, now it's still running, San Francisco Showcase House. Yeah. And they put in one of our wall-mounted sinks. It's like a 63-inch long sink. And it arrived in many, many pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, <laughs> the designer didn't realize that I went and picked one up from a distributor down here. Got it crated and drove it halfway yeah. up to Northern yeah. California mm-hmm. so that the wow. vendor, so that like I took it to the wholesaler so that their truck mm-hmm. can take it up. So we didn't have to deal with any more freight companies. Oh Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Making that's you know, what things. you. I mean, that was yeah, the only way it was going to happen yeah. was yeah. if it yeah. got there. So
6: yeah. it's beautiful. Those, and super exciting. those kinds of
10: partners. I mean, it's really important, especially when we do kitchens and bathrooms. I mean, mm-hmm. during pandemic.
6: Oh my! I mean, it was.
10: <laughs> we, were, we were getting shut down like every three weeks because so yeah. first it was you know we were told that construction was a part of it, and then when construction became an essential service, I mean it was it just got crazy. And we were lucky that we were able to get, actually get product in time um, that ended up just sitting there waiting for it to be do, to be installed. Um, so yeah, I mean our partnerships also too with our vendors are really important because as I don't I mean I know enough, but. If a client asks me something really, I have a, I have a client that's an engineer. and He starts asking me really technical mm-hmm. questions about ranges, and I'm like, I'm gonna bring you to my trip Snyder Schneider Diamond If you're we'll 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 gonna be here for two hours and you know ask him any questions, and he'll help you. And that's what I really like is that you know yeah. I can go to my, any of my vendors and I can trust them with my clients. I normally don't, like, don't send clients though into shows without me. Um, I like to go with them just because I may learn yeah, something new. That, that, and that, their that, eyes wander, yeah, yeah. and that's. What, and <laughs> they're like just to yeah. keep them also focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also see that oh, I have a team that I work with, so that they know that everybody that I work with is reliable. So mm-hmm. they know I have three different contractors that I work with. I all have them on different jobs. So um, so yeah. So it's always important to make sure that your team and everybody that you're working with actually supports you. And when I wanna say yeah.
9: something really quick about Mark. It's, it's a great point. Like I said that they are like our partners or, or part of our mm-hmm. team, but it also, well, in my experience, I have been blessed enough to have great vendors, but it also has been the other direction, like they just don't call, don't care, and then just, I just so I I'm, I'm saying it, I don't like to work with those kind of mm-hmm. people that they don't care, okay. so I just, Move on yeah. and just trying to bring people who cares about me, my clients, the product, and
8: the final results. Interior design without people who care, no matter what level you're on, doesn't work. You have to care. It doesn't, That's kind yeah. of.
10: You yeah, because I had a, I had a, I had a yeah. project where the, the client hired their own contractor to do the bathroom. And I met him, I told him, You need to fire him. <laughs> I said, My contractor, I my own contractor. The, the guy took the same amount of time to do one bathroom. And we remodeled the rest of the, the house and put new floors and a new kitchen. And oh. the guy was still working on the bathroom. And I told <laughs> you should fire him. I told you. <laughs> I'm
7: like. I think every part of design is built on really great relationships. Creating a successful design with your client, and then also I think everything that we're talking about here is really building long term and successful relationships with your vendors too. So it's like the whole team really matters, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, but I think, you know, just like it really you're saying, is, is. You know, having like, those relationships. you
1: know, when it gets time to communicate with the client, they're asking them what the specs of the flooring tiles, the wood floor, the kind of tops, appliances. Most of the vendors I have noticed that they're very technical. So they send me the spec, the spec sheets and then I have to be the mediator to say, okay, I need pictures, lady, or I need visuals. So that's how we become designers and visualizers, by showing the specs of whatever we're working on to the client who needs to understand what they're getting. And that goes back to the expectations. And then also, it's tied up to the communication and relationship with the reps or the vendors. And at the same time, we have to educate them. Okay, I need my client to know exactly what's two centimeters half of an inch three quarters of an inch whatever they need so that they know what to expect so that's getting all the pieces together and make the puzzle look absolutely beautiful that's how I started my business doing renders because you know as designers we sketch a few things the client is like okay what in the world is that but then I show a photo realistic render and oh wait so that's what you meant (laughs) I was like that was the whole purpose of it so that goes you know with relationships communication and and Pleasing your clients or pampering them, as I say.
11: Pampering them, So going back to COVID, I actually felt really bad for some of our clients because a lot of these products weren't available. The ones that they wanted weren't available in the time frame that they needed it or the factories were shut down. And so they're spending all of this money and doing all of this work Mm -hmm. and having to substitute things. Mm -hmm. And I would always say, God, I think if I was in their shoes, I would just say, well, forget it. I'm just going to wait. Why am I going to spend all this money to not even get exactly what I want? Mm -hmm. So it was really surprising to me that people were still willing to move forward and just put in something lesser than what they were expecting that they were going
4: to get. I guess they just wanted to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. What I felt um, that the shi- shipping, the freight was so expensive. Well, the like my clients had paid as equally for a table that was coming from Italy for their shipping, and I just felt really bad to say, "Hey, this is." Uh, they have but you know, they just wanted to get it done, and it was like, "Oh, you know, everything is high," but. I don't think it's coming down anymore. I like, know
5: oh, no, right. no, that we're so getting so used, we used use to it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think we can sustain ourselves at these, at these rates now, economically, through everything, food.
6: Well, one yes. of the things that we've been doing is, is, from a building standpoint, as builders, when we bring a product, is we've been calling other builders and saying, and Michelle, you're probably doing some of this, who's getting white oak, right? Who's doing white oak flooring? And we bring it in a whole container. Yeah. We don't just bring it in for ourselves. That's what we're because doing it, as well now. We yeah. Don't wait. yeah, and then I go through a lot of my furniture vendors. I'll say, here's all the things I'm looking for, and if you have a container coming over, can I pay you X amount to get in your container? Mm-hmm. And it's less money because they might have space. Mm-hmm. So if you network a little bit outside of the norm to, to reduce your, your overhead for your clients, for yourselves, and your timeline... I found that to be a very functional way to to get through things. Um, The other thing, and Marbe, you mentioned art, I work a lot with art, I am an artist as well, so it's natural for me to go to work with all the artists. There's so many in Los Angeles where I can just say, hey, I want to create this thing and we sit in my backyard and we we build it and we create it and and, Make art that goes into a home i mean it's it's a functional part of a house, whatever it is, but we we start making our own lighting out of u l approved pieces with artisans, you know, to, to give clients what they wanted. They saw it in a magazine. I'm like, that's cool. We can't get it for two years. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we can make it in my backyard in like a week. And so, that's good. And, and don't we, tell them that well, <laughs> <laughs> well I don't, but you know, but I know that we can make it that's so. how you get to
1: spoil them. Right, but but really
6: <laughs> it it's turned great. into it's really turned into how we've carried things forward. I just created a, a art piece, it's a railing it's an interior railing, but we have four different artisans working on a blower, a metalsmith, mm-hmm. uh, myself, and actually Julio is working on the, nice. on the floor around it. And so we've got all these different uh, artisans and subcontractors that have come together to create a piece that's a one-off. I couldn't buy it if I wanted to because I drew it, right? So yeah. But... Even so, if I sent that out to be made, and come, it, would, it would easily be 18 months and yeah. it would be four I times as much I did the showcase money.
9: house this year and I didn't find something that I liked in the entrance. Mm-hmm. And what I found, um, they, they had only two in, in Los Angeles and they needed to bring three more from Europe because they needed five. Mm-hmm. And it, it wouldn't have been, you know, arrived on time for my um, Pasadena showcase house. So what I did, I drew lighting and then inspire on the house and whatever and have this great company adg Mm -hmm. here in l.a who made the lighting for me Mm -hmm. so now if there's a heat and you know um but that's exactly what we do we get solutions like how can we make this work
13: Mm
1: -hmm. you know that that goes back to um, shipping being so expensive i was bringing containers from italy to l.a to long beach And then the lead times were so out of control and the prices were still so high that I was, I've been now doing it from Italy to New Jersey Mm -hmm. and then from New Jersey to LA. And then it also leads me to say that that fact um, is bringing us to deal with more local vendors, Mm -hmm. with LA fabricators, you know, people that we can do it in in a shorter time frame and it's, a beautiful thing as well because now we're going back to let's make it happen here in the yeah. states yeah. and deal with our own neighbors and colleagues mm-hmm. that we could make the same beautiful project but in a shorter time frame. And
2: it's a little exhilarating too because you have to find those people mm-hmm. and it's either like word of mouth or let's take a chance. So oh <laughs> <It's> <freaking. laughs> So so they want, want to be part of <laughs> Yeah,
7: so I think it makes your end product even better. It yeah. can um, actually. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <Yes.
2: laughs> yes. no, even if you, even fierce, if
1: you get a little nervous, that's what we're here. Yeah. No, but you me. have Yes.
9: I was so nervous what? to see the lightings I designed in the real life. I said, right. "What about if they look cheap
11: or yes. a dollar store
9: or whatever?" <laughs> I took, You know what I mean? Like,
11: oh. But your lights were fabulous, by
9: the way. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, but they were lighting so I
1: cannot tell you. But, but I'm sure it was beautiful.
8: Why, why do do
1: that?
6: Yeah, I found that um with the artisans, especially, I've had to get on the learning curve of really understanding the limitations of the artist and the artwork. like I didn't know really what it took to blow glass hmm. before we blew glass in the studio. I mean, I'd seen it. I, I've, I've been to Vegas <laughs> but I I really needed to understand like how does this form come to life and what does it take and and um, what does it take to combine two dissimilar metals I mean as a builder I know what, it, what it's like to build uh, between two dissimilar metals and how I should or shouldn't for certain applications because it'll degrade but to join uh Steel and bronze, and create a piece that uh, one is literally sitting inside of the other. What does that take for that artisan to do? And how does my design reflect those parameters or those limitations? Or can we do more? That's been a really interesting new train for me, uh, as I I guess as an artist and a little bit as a scientist to just go like, what what happens with that?
7: Yeah, but I think it also it. Makes your next piece maybe potentially even more successful or helps you push the boundaries. I know for myself, designing custom lighting and custom furniture, it's like learning from the people who are fabricating it, what their limitations are, you know, kind of how they can stretch those boundaries, the next piece I design, it's like, oh, I, I already have this higher starting point mm-hmm. that I can start from. Yeah. It saves the client money and time and <laughs> it actually makes you better, yeah. which is so exciting. Yeah,
6: absolutely. It's like when I get a drawing from a designer and as you know when I'm building and I I go, well did you consider gravity? You know like- <laughs> <laughs> No. The thing that to me as a designer seem
7: like this is a this is such a simple, basic shape. Why is that difficult? Why is a comb so difficult? Right. And then in trying to create something custom with a, a lighting fabricator, that, that's actually really almost impossible to do to create this shape. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I had no idea how you would fabricate it and why that would be so difficult. But now I get it. Right. It right. completely changes that's, your that's perspective. That's what I
1: was going to ask. Leif. when you do custom lighting designs, how do you communicate with the fabricator? Because if we stick to, like, a designer's perspective, yeah, yeah gravity doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually something right. out of this world. So yeah. how do you approach it, you in particular?
2: I will usually share a rendering and a CAD drawing. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever push? Like, because you're saying, like, they can't do it. But can they? Right. <laughs> or oh, I, mean, I, you know? I, I mean, everything, right? There's
12: always got to be, piece. like, a pushback.
9: I don't like that... I don't know if because I grew up like that, but I hate when people tell me no. Yes, Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> everything is possible. Especially, like, I think it's more than, I don't know if they're afraid or lazy, but if you go to other countries, Egypt, Europe, there are many things that were created 5,000, 3,000 years ago. Why are you telling me you cannot do this today? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. So, and I always make it work. If I want it, I make it work.
12: And that's
6: a really interesting thing that I've I've been working with. Like ancient technology is coming back. Or, I mean, it's a weird thing, but we're diving <laughs> back into ancient technology mm-hmm. to create the things that we're creating today. As a mu- when I was in the music business, I was like, nothing's new. It's the same notes, mm-hmm. right? We're just recreating. All of these things to sound different, but they don't really. If you go backwards in time, you can you can hear the influence and see the influence. So, people are doing it with ancient grains and food production. So we're doing it with ancient technology in in building and and design. Um, really looking at shapes and... Like, how did they make the pyramids? Well, we don't really know. But they had something on us.
9: Just thruster, right? Right. Um, but but they made it. So right. Why but, it's also same,
6: but it's the same way that we've learned to move heavy things. Yeah. on ro- We roll them right Rolling. like it's just really basic stuff so mm-hmm. if you do go back to the basics I, ab- I agree with you almost everything's possible almost everything's possible i don't yeah. like no either and yeah. but we sometimes have to go backward to go forward and really start to understand 100% them. my concern moving forward is
11: this younger generation does not want to work with their hands
8: yep. oh, my so God.
11: we have so many vendors where Yes, they're vendors, but they're also subcontractors. So, for instance, my um, precast person, he owns his own company, and he wants to teach his son the trade, and he wants him to take over the business. He says, my son could care less yeah. about my business. Mm-hmm. And my concern moving forward is twofold. One, who's going to post a furniture anymore? No one mm. wants to post their furniture. No. Um Nobody wants to be a plumber anymore. There's all of these things that we need to build a house. And if you are able to find somebody to do these things, what is the cost going to become? Because they're going to be so limited and they're going to be in such high demand.
7: Well, they already but are. I think that as AI becomes more popular, these are the only jobs that humans can continue to do. So mm-hmm. they will become more popular again, I think, as AI continues to become more developed, people will learn that working with their hands is
4: one of the only ways to, right. to find human work. Yeah. But I, and I also think, going back to the ancient way of doing things, I think the reason the Egyptians or the Romans were able to do a certain things because they did the hard work. Mm-hmm. Like, to get something beautiful and unique, you... You spend time on it and I think as human um, society developed we became very automated and now we have AI now we are gonna go back again doing the plumbing thing so I think it's just (laughs) kind of like how we are evolving but um, the same thing like when I see plaster work everywhere everybody's doing plaster but that was there years ago right now everybody is getting into that and um, I think at some point people didn't do the plaster thinking oh it's super expensive it's very labor intensive and it's this and that but now i guess technology has kind of um you know sped up that whole process but we are now there so i think we will constantly see this um and i think the idea is for us as designers and craftsmen people who do this to keep that craftsmanship alive right like i think. When we start doing things that are like automated or cookie cutter, or here, you know, we lose that whole trade. I um, think yeah. that's that's something keeps circling back and yeah. coming back yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
7: yeah. I think there's a real difference between a, a mindset shift between being a craftsperson person mm-hmm. um, and. I, th- I think it's, I, it really—it's a shame when people think of maybe someone who is a plumber in, as not being a crafts person. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure all of you have worked with a plumber mm-hmm. who's amazing and excellent and makes it so easy. And your pea traps are in just the place you right. want them, and like everything feels great in Vers- centers.
9: Yes, mm-hmm. and and yeah. so I think
7: that it's really important to have that mindset. Shift mm-hmm. that, you know, you, I it don't is know if really many of you know,
9: but the, the word architect comes from Latin. Uh, Greek, um, and it, it means carpenting, waving. That's what it means. So there are an amazing artisans and architects yeah. of wood or whatever. Yeah. You know, we have to respect that. And plumbers or whatever. It's. Yeah. I think of them.
6: I think of kids. If we want to, if we're talking about younger generation, the kids these days. No, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, people, you know, it's funny. It's like we go, we bill our clients. And they see how much the plumber charged because we're all open book, everything's transparent, and they go, "Oh my god, these guys like make so much money." And I go, "Yeah, send your kid to trade school because you know, know. They, right. the, they make more money than your doctor, yeah. right? They make like and, and so if you can, if you like to work with your hands and you're interested in art and you're interested in building and you're interested in how things go together, it, it, like trades are the perfect place for men and women." We get phone calls and emails all the time about people wanting to know, like, what my kid wants to learn how to do what you do. And I go, well, do you actually know what I do? You know, and then <laughs> we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, what I really want to do is X, Y, Z. And I said, oh, go to trade school or join the union or a gazillion different things that you can do to get to where you're going. but. Don't bother going to college if you don't want to be in a degree program Mm -hmm. that sets you up for something that that... Like, get out there and do it. Get Mm -hmm. under a house and start sweating pipe. Mm -hmm. Start pulling rope with an electrician. Learn how to use those muscles and become an artist in whatever trade it is because it it really is an art. I've I've done every trade. I know know how hard they are, but I know how amazing all of our people are that we all work with because they get us from point A to point B seemingly without an issue. Yeah. <laughs> to, to that point,
8: yeah. I see sometimes what happens when people try to cheap out yeah. on oh, their oh trades. God. I just worked oh. with a client yeah. who was having a real time, hard time installing their bath and it turns out that the guy was an installer and had never installed a freestanding bath.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: Mm-hmm. Jesus,
9: that's mm-hmm. scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I'm a manufacturer and I'm pretty well versed in plumbing, time.
8: but... I'm not on site. Mm. I can't see the <laughs> conditions. You're, that's something your plumber should be. Yeah. Your plumber should know how to it up. Yeah. Plumb a tub. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's really important for people to go into the trades. We need tradespeople. Definitely. We need them
13: yeah. I need them at this level. Mm-hmm. Hiring somebody that has any knowledge of the industry is almost impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you wake up and say to your kids I went why don't you become a hardware salesperson (laughs) (laughs) where are these trades people going to come from we've got to have the knowledge Uh here Uh and we pride ourselves on having knowledge in each of the categories we sell or somebody has it Mm -hmm within the organization but it's tough out it's there, tough and right? I've
6: known my I've been with my subs for over 20 years yeah. and we're all we getting and we've known each other that long, and, other that long and, and we're all trying to retire but we also realize that we can't do it to the community so yeah. um, we can we absolutely can but, <laughs> absolutely. but it's but it's really hard to when you brought the best of yourself forward for so many decades to your community. It's very very difficult to say, "Well, good luck," right? Yeah, Which change, right? It's it's a it's Major. a tricky thing. AI is never ever going to replace what, especially in a place where you build custom homes no. all day. You can you can't print an LA home. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it can handle change orders. Very. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you create that legacy for yourself? For me in particular, you know, I've Trained or worked with a lot of different women. Who in my head I was like, oh, somebody could take over Dirty Girl. That would be really cool. And then I realized I'm I'm different from a lot of people. Like the way my brain works and yeah. what I'm capable of and all the different aspects. And we're all probably like that. We all probably are yeah. really mm-hmm. good at a lot of like different types <clears throat> of things that make your practice successful. So how do you replace yourself? Well, I think you have to find two or three or four different people. can take a piece of what you do and hope that they can form you to some degree if it's if you're talking about your your actual practice about your firm Um, at the same time what I've done is I'm probably the the oldest not chronologically but the (laughs) (laughs) the oldest female builder that is in the city right And so I get a lot of those phone calls from other women who are coming up, and women who have been here who have never really gotten the notice that they deserve, just because I'm louder than a lot of people. And so I've connected with someone on the East Coast as well. We've been connecting women for the last decade, and we have our own little network of, of people, and it's one of the reasons I started She Spoke. It's actually a collaborative platform to bring together men and women in the trades, in architecture, in design in building, in the art world, all of those platforms, everybody needs to be talking and, and, and knowing each other because we are aging out and we need to bring up a whole different group of people who maybe there is somebody who's making ceramics who actually could start doing something that's in the building trades. Maybe there is somebody who's a painter who goes, oh, Wow, I'd love to do faux finishing, like whatever it is that they. It never even dawned on them. It never dawned on me to be a contractor. Like nobody said to me, "Do you want to be a contractor when well, you grow up?" And Nobody said, "Do you do you want to sell so hardwood?" Right? Like no, it's not. It's not a conversation any of us had. So it's about us educating and exposing people and changing the conversation and creating space for it to happen from maker. To builder, to designer, to client—like really making those connections for people—and stop trying to privatize our our networks to where nobody can know who's, who's who. And right. um, it, the pie's big enough. The pie's really big, and if we all share in that, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's my mentality. So.
13: I agree. Yeah, that's for one everybody. of the purposes of doctoring up design. Exactly that. Let's all get together and figure it out. with smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talented, and we can make it happen. And there's enough, right? Everybody. to enough from everyone. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we just got to do it. We got to talk mm-hmm. and not keep the secrets.
9: Which right. I always say the same. I mean, I always compare it as a, a recipe. Mm-hmm. You cook something wonderful, and you want... Marve, how do you do it? Like, And I gave the ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So it's just about to share whatever and then grow and... Be our own competition mm-hmm. and do the best you can, mm-hmm. and then help the community of designers to grow and be respectful.
4: Yeah.
9: Mostly in the industry where we have we are on times and in a times that we receive a little respect for many. Um, that's something that we can we have to work towards too.
11: Well, I'm so glad that you had mentioned that you are really enjoying commercial design. Mm. I do not enjoy it, right. <laughs> and I have people ask me all the time, "Can you do this for me?" No, this is my lane. But now I know that I will refer them to you. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. See why you do not enjoy yeah. the I don't like the materials. I don't like the codes. I don't. I don't like anything about it. Well, they've only done on the a materials,
9: because I use the. It depends what you want to do. The ones that I did has a lot of marbles and stuff, so it's, it's in your lane. I know what you mean, like office, it's boring. It is. Uh, you know, those of mm-hmm. uh, doctor's office or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I know the codes because I have to know it from right. the package and present it to the city, but we have to know the codes even if we're doing residential. We have to uh, mm-hmm. take care of our clients and whatever mm-hmm. we are doing. Um, but um, if you don't want to do the commercial because it's boring, but if you get something fun, that you can be more creative i think
11: that's what i feel more, i feel more limited mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. fabrics wall coverings, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have a plethora of what I can choose from because I have to start looking at fire ratings and
1: all mm-hmm. the, you know. Versus presidential <laughs> products. Right. Yeah. But there, there
7: are so yeah. great commercial products out there. Yes, there I are. I, it's so interesting because I think for me, doing commercial design, I actually in some ways feel more creative yeah. because I'm designing around a concept and a narrative so, every single choice that I make has to support this sort of like transportive feeling. Yeah. That it's almost like the challenge forces me to be more creative. Not I, that I like it more than residential, but it's just a different kind of It's creative. a
9: different, and I yeah. think many materials these days are um, commercial approved, fire approved, drops, all the, the things that involve to be a commercial material. You can find it, they say, in many range of. You know, ideas, even velvet that used Beautiful not to velvet. be in yeah. the linen. You can find them out yes. in it's, yeah. it's amazing. Every, it, it's just great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love I it. I
2: think it's yes. kind of, I don't want to speak for you, Nicole, but I feel like I can understand the dislike of commercial because it is so different. Also, like just the way that you run the project itself, you know, it's different. you're designing not just for a couple or one person, you're designing for the clientele yeah. in a much more general sense. Like, a, mm-hmm. the experience is supposed to be different. Um, and then, you know, the conversations are going to be different too. Yeah, like when you're totally. in commercial, it's a little bit more Business. professional, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit, um, technical. N- n- I don't want to say less emotion because there's always emotions, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but with residential, difference? you know, it's, it's like, okay, everybody take off their shoes it's in some cases, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, well, I like something this that, that don't I don't, don't like off my commercial. jacket This is where I, this is where I put on my pajamas. Like oh, it's well, a much smart. more personal space.
1: Um, what commercial projects do you guys
9: work on? I like both, but what I, I'm going to say something that I don't like so everybody won't don't think that I like everything <laughs> 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 approvals from the city. Okay. It took almost two years. Yeah. It's the only thing that I don't like it. Just yeah. to them to be so picky depends on the city, but it's,
11: it's daunting. Yeah. I think what I love about residential is I love working with the people. I love the meetings, I love going to their homes, I love going to lunch with them, you learn so much about them, Uh, their children, they learn about you. It just feels so much more personal. I have clients coming in my office, dropping off pastries for me, and coming (laughs) in to sell me Girl Scout cookies Mm -hmm. with their little daughter that I know. And I just love that part of it.
9: I guess I have to go to a commercial that I don't like, but this is my first one, so I cannot talk too much. But this client, we became friends. It was very sensitive for her. It's her bakery. She's a a pastry chef, and she brought me uh, (laughs) citron tarts every time we met. <laughs> so, I enjoyed it so much and we became friends and it was personal for her. It's her space when she saw it all together, she cried. So, and it was beautiful. That's why I said I enjoyed it so much, but I don't know what's going to be in the
6: I, future I think it depends on the space. It depends. I, mean, yeah, I, I do the it depends commercial, on the space. but I don't want to build a mall. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I, I just it's yeah. not me yeah. And it's bakery not- versus a doctor.
3: Yeah. It's it's an an answer. Answer. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 chain yeah. versus right.
7: right. there's it and it, it can be so intimate. And yeah. it, is, cause it I'm
6: friends so- with all of my clients, except yeah. for two, because I didn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I fired them, and that's that. <laughs> the end of that story. But the rest of them, yeah. I'm friends with. And I've known for years and years and years. And we've done multiple projects with a lot of our clients. Where we're like, And then we do their kids' yeah. homes, and then we do their grandkids' kids homes. Generational. <laughs> yeah, generational. Or if we're doing a boutique commercial space, that client introduces us to you know twenty different other people who are usually residential, but it's their clients, right? Their clients come yeah. in by beautiful furnishings, and then so it's a, it's that network again. But I just uh, I can't do that that mall type. Uh, I can't I can't no. I can't, and I also hate the codes. I'm like Ugh, you know just and the MEPs and all the stuff. Like that. it's just very very impersonal to me Mm -hmm. as as a builder i i always want to create an environment and i think you all want to design an environment right that Mm -hmm. that says something whether it's about a brand or family um that's important in our work some people do it for the money some people just do it for the money they're going to go you know turner construction who's building um sofi and Intuit Dome and, and all of that, they're the managing the, the prime contractor for everything going on in Inglewood. Um, they don't actually you know they sub it all out, but they, they don't actually like know the people that are mm-hmm. going to be there. They're building a city
13: mm-hmm.
6: and that's also needed. It's just not what I want to do, I do. Yeah. and I also don't want to be on a project for 15 years you know like that.
1: they tend to be more like engineering. They are. Right. They're a
6: huge company. I they're not actually things. out there like with hammers yeah. and stuff. They're yeah. developing, but yeah. but that's but that it also needs it's to be needed, done. Somebody sure. called and said, "Do you want to do any of the build?" And I was like, "It's not even my world, yeah. right? And it's not my world for design. It's I don't know anything about the rules and regulation. I like that's not my lane. That's so. Not my lane. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was yeah. asking, you, what
1: commercial <laughs> projects have you guys worked on?
11: I've worked on medical offices, uh, plastic surgeons mm-hmm. offices. And when I say medical, I mean like high rise uh-huh. medical mm-hmm. surgical centers, um, office spaces. I just yeah, don't enjoy that's it. It, it doesn't very technical, yeah. I guess. it yeah. doesn't make me want to get up in the morning and go to <laughs> work. Well, yeah. you know, when I'm working on yeah. new construction or decor for a home,
0: it's fascinating. Right? You can mm-hmm. you
11: can sit me in front of a computer yeah, at 7 a.m. and somebody has to come and go, Okay, I'm yeah. calling it. You gotta get up. Yeah. Go. Yeah. You've been here for twelve hours, thirteen Put hours on
12: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the, cool, the cool
1: and weird thing about it is that it's so exciting mm-hmm. that you ask you know, you probably do the budget and you say, Okay, I'm gonna spend two weeks during the design phase and then it obviously ends up being three or four. Because you go over the budget, but you, that's because you enjoy it so much yeah. right? <laughs> versus the ones that you don't like so much. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. To yeah. add to Nicole, like when you said you love uh, residential because the connection you have mm-hmm. and meeting the clients, talking to them and that personal relationship, which is exactly the same for me. I love that. I also have heard the totally opposite. And the reason I wanted to bring it up, because I know for you and for me, and I think a lot of us here... It's what we like, that interaction. But I've heard from designers and pretty, um, like, they were, they're doing well and they quit because that's one area they do not like. They do not like to go into somebody's home, listen to their personal thing, you know, because it's like Mm a psychology, right? Like, a lot of people, and it's not one, few people have told me that and it was very surprising to me because... To me that's like the part of the whole thing, it's fun.
5: That they're they have trust in you. Like they're
4: Yeah, yeah, that but expressing for themselves. some people. So that's why I, I think, you know, it, it was interesting to I feel the same and then I heard that, oh no, that's the one aspect of design that I do not like and that's why I stopped doing design. So that was kind of It gets personalized. Yeah. But yes.
1: that's when you build barriers and you don't yes. get so into it because then it defeats the whole purpose of being professional and just be a designer, not a psychologist, mm-hmm. a real psychologist.
6: The budgets are also very different, though. Um, <laughs> I, I, As a builder, I can't even build a commercial space with my residential subs because right. of the cost difference. Mm, different animals, are so, too. And so mm-hmm. different, and so you have to carry an entirely different set of subcontractors. It it's, it's black and white. Yep.
9: Yeah, yeah. very, very
13: different. Yep. Yeah. I have a question: Are the codes and regulations affecting your high-end residential sales? Let's put it beginning phase of your client meetings. No, 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 not not residential. We always find a way. Not on high-end. Sales. <laughs> uh, except for one, except
6: for one thing for me. It's so. A lot of our houses in, like Bel Air, and Santa Monica, and where everything's under, going underground, has been for years. All the services, mm-hmm. the timeline, <clears throat> and the amount of money it costs to underground your electrical at this point is uh, so substantial that it's painful to even tell them what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And these are these are not people who don't have a lot of money but it's it's, It's it's, so it's that painful yeah and so you know it's um, money you don't see yeah it's not the pretty part it's not the pretty part we're we're three and a half years into a build right now and we've been trying to get the electrical service in for the last 18 months and they can't find a way in it's not that i can't believe it wow (gasps) yeah and so the you know it's it's tough so You've got clients who started pre pandemic who expected to be out of their house for 14 months. That's 38 months later. <laughs> and they've been traveling the world with their two little kids, trying to stay busy and going from Airbnb to Airbnb. And finally, I said, We have one wing of the house done and we'll backfeed the meter and go live in the house until, you know, like if that's what you want to do, it's like camping. But, a little bit but it's it where do you go after a while so that's really hard for people to hear that I can't control the utility companies mm-hmm. and so it's not happening at the front end it's happening yes, at the, at back, the end. back end so what I would say is if you're designing as an architect especially um, when you when you go and, and start designing that portion of the project day one. Like, figure out, like, get that. We used to be able to wait until, you know, we were six months out or four months out, we'd start really calling upon people to get that work done. And now I'm like, it's one of the first things I'm doing now. It really is. And even with that, it's still, we're still not done with the process because we can't, the utility companies are so busy Mm -hmm. because of all, it's like a domino effect, is what's happened with the pandemic. Everybody wanted to do their house, everybody did their house, and there weren't enough people to service it. So, maybe that'll work itself out it has has not <laughs> it yeah. definitely has not and that's rough and i think for commercial people it's worse uh commercial clients because you're trying to open a business i've had a oh. restaurant
7: that empty yeah. finished, mm-hmm. yeah. but mm-hmm. unable to open yeah. exactly. my client paid over
9: two years every two month years. no yeah. opening waiting for the city she lost a lot of money yeah. although she was doing carrying but still it was something that she was paying. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. And there's no, like, oh, sorry, here's your rebate. It's like, no. <laughs> oh, no. you better have the money.
1: No, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with residential. <laughs> 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 I, I like it just the way it is. You refer that to me. <laughs> I'll send it to you. You know, the funny thing is, I worked on a commercial project when I first got started in my career, but it was a, it was a resort. It was both the Sandals Resort in Barbados and then a private resort in Bahamas, in the Bahamas. But it was like a residential project, I mean. So using yeah. furniture. It's a hotel. Oh, yeah, so that's why I was asking, like, what commercial projects have you or are you working on? Because the hotel business or the resort, you know, side yeah. of it. I love to do a boutique hotel. I love to do a boutique hotel. It's one of my yep. main dreams to yeah, get exactly.
9: in there.
13: Just so many codes you have to know.
9: You oh, yeah. Know a
13: lot of yeah, I have international codes. I just yeah, found yeah. one yeah. in Israel. Oh, you did? Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I found yeah. in Israel. Oh, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I know. codes are. And shipped yeah. all the material from Italy direct. There you go. <laughs> instead of there bringing it here.
6: Nice right. well, code Yeah. Michelle, what's yeah. the difference? Like when you, when you get involved in something abroad like that, you have to understand what's going on from a code sense as well as far as. Product and fire ratings, a little bit.
13: Fire ratings, yes, as far as it pertains to the material. Okay. Absolutely. I make it my job to do that so Mm -hmm. I can at least have an educated conversation at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I start at the architectural level. So the plant design and development, even Uh, talking about materials and how they work on the project. And, you know, it could be I'm working on material now four or five years ago project. so and and they all change all the codes have changed so they can mm-hmm. update it every yeah everything is changed every, every time you think years you know so. it you have to refresh um also i'm um, uh, we do a yearly um talk with the with Ben Stapleton from the Green Building Council. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna be here in July mm-hmm. and we're gonna be talking about what's going on locally and in in specs and all of all of the new codes that are coming and you know, how much do you have to know and mm-hmm. how is it affecting your your end user, your client. Right. So and gas. also all
6: the cradle-to-cradle. You know, to mm-hmm. Cradle, mm-hmm. Cradle, yeah. Cradle, yeah. Cradle, yeah. cradle Yeah, that's, exactly. a, a big yeah, that's great yeah. because they're always
1: not only promoting but showing us the latest materials, latest like sustainable right. okay. materials and okay. lead-certified projects that helps us designers choose the right ones mm-hmm. so right. we don't get stuck in the past Mm-hmm. And also no markets.
13: exactly exactly and that's basically mm-hmm. my job here is to make sure I know all of those things and work with a mm-hmm. green building council or yeah you know, project different products internationally uh, to understand how they fit in this marketplace well
6: what's that a, a right. curious question from so as a builder um, I'm curious about everybody's process actually from a design standpoint of how mm-hmm. you If you and how you, because I know every design firm is different, um, research materials that are going into your projects and how you qualify them for your projects. Because something I've found as a builder is more often than not in the last few years, there's a lot of people working in the industry who aren't qualified to be leading design teams or call themselves designers. And some of them call themselves architects, and they aren't. And that's really confusing for me as a builder, because I rely upon people by title uh, sometimes as, like, what they're actually bringing to the table. So I'm curious how that, I don't know, what do you do? Like, what? how do you decide what you're going to use, and do you have a team of people that, or do you look everything up and, and kind of have a reprocess? Because I'm trying to be better at understanding the new job definitions, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It is sense. smart and it's
9: Check up. their
1: credentials. Yeah. yeah. I graduated Crazy architect
9: and in interiors. And in, in California, I cannot use the word architect. Mm-hmm.
13: Mm-hmm.
9: In my things, it's very delicate. Um, mm-hmm. And also design and things like that, how level you are or whatever. So it's a very sensitive, um, but you want it to stand out, right? So you, you want to be like, okay, so I'm doing this and that, so... I always say this is my study, this is yada yada and this is my experience and um, I guess the client also, or, or I think your work will speak by itself too, mm-hmm. the experience you bring to the table.
6: Yeah, because you know, you, you're you looking at code and developing plan sets yes. and spec and materials. I do the whole package, the yeah.
9: construction documents, I do all those things.
6: Which might be very different from someone who doesn't CAD or, mm-hmm. or right. do documents, construction documents or anything yeah. else. So. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, a, but it's interesting to me. As
2: a builder, though, how do you handle it when you're now working with somebody who's obviously not qualified or, That's know. a great question. Okay, so
6: uh, there's two things. One is in my contract, I have a right to terminate the contract if I feel I'm in jeopardy by someone's lack of qualification okay. because of yeah. my liability for the project. If I'm the only person with a license on a project then I'm basically taking on liability for everybody's work. That's a really precarious situation to be in. Um, or we partner with as needed. If there's a design team that's working on a project that just says, hey, this is... I always say, what, what are, where do you start and stop? That's the first conversation. Yeah. Where do you start and stop? And then, because we want to work with good people... And then I say to the client, do you understand that this is where, and you know, we all go together, this is where this person starts and stops. I have a firm that can fill in this gap as whatever level, and then we'll build as well. So that we're actually going in, uh, yeah, collaborating and understanding who's supposed to be doing what. Because there's nothing worse than waiting for an RFI to get answered, and you think that... It's coming to you when really you should self answer it, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, being in the business as long as you have. Mm-hmm.
11: Can't you just like spot within five minutes that somebody doesn't know what they're doing? Yes.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I what and you're saying, it's two, not that easy. It's easy for me. It's easy, easy. Very easy. You can look at someone's drawing set and uh-huh. for me very yeah. quickly, and and then I'll say, "Can I see your CAD files?" Because and then we see their CAD mm-hmm. files, and we go, "Oh my god." And, you know, we see that maybe there's... Pro- like, we just can see it. Yeah, and yeah. So the drafters in my mm-hmm. office have been do drafting for 30 years. They can see it. So, one of, so the two projects I'm on right now, primarily, mm-hmm. we've replaced the design team out of necessity. Mm-hmm. That's not something I like to do. It's very exhausting. We're really tired. I mean, like, to be the quote-unquote architect of a project and the interiors company and the builder is... Like, I'm taking the summer off. Let's just, I'm, I'm exhausted. I don't want to work that way. But it's, it's, it's gotten to a point where sometimes that happens, and that's just because people haven't really been honest about what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. There's no reason we can't all work together. Mm-hmm. It's just, what are you capable of, and mm-hmm. what do you need from me? I will right? tell yeah. you, just getting a cost breakdown from a
11: builder, if mm-hmm. a client brings it to me and says, oh, I hired this builder, I can take one look at the cost mm-hmm. breakdown and know immediately mm-hmm. this person know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Or you're going to get screwed. It's not complete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We are taking over a design project, and I said, okay, well, I need the design binder. <laughs> Big home. Yeah. But the binder is like this thick. we mm-hmm. We're working on a 6600 square foot house right now. I have first floor, second floor, mm-hmm. and they're about this thick mm-hmm. because of the construction documents, I think. Mm-hmm.
6: There's not enough information in here to build this scale of a home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just built the 7000 square foot was it 16 pages. Mm-hmm.
0: Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery-style space with a thoughtful display of products, purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery. High-end faucets, luxury tile, natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arraigned to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available. Stop by to find your inspiration. Collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. You hear conversations about transformative design all the time on Convo by Design. We talk about it all the time. But what does that really mean? Design improves the lives of those who inhabit the space. But it also feeds the creativity and the soul of the creative. Are you looking for a way to give back the oasis alliance is a 501c3 collective of creatives based in and around the washington dc area with a mission to provide healing spaces to those who are rebuilding rehabilitating and recovering have you wondered how to apply your design skills to uplift your community it all starts with a desire and a willingness to share your gifts Danielle Woodhouse-Johnson of the Oasis Alliance and her team are looking for guest designers, in-kind sponsors, and funding to make better the spaces and therefore the lives of everyday people who find themselves coming out of traumatic situations. Check out theoasisalliance.org for more information. Thanks for helping. Okay, so that was a fun and incredibly talented group. Great job, designers. Thank you for your time. Thank you to my partners and sponsors, Thermosol, Moya Living, Design Hardware, Without you, there is no show, so thank you very much, and a special thanks to you. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and supporting the show. If you have anything to suggest for a future episode of the show or a, a guest I should book, please let me hear from you. Email me, design at outlook.com or Instagram at design with an X. Thanks again for listening. Until next week, be well, and take today first.